This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has sparked anger from the rest of the world. In response, the EU, the UK and the US, along with other nations like Canada and Australia, have placed significant economic sanctions on the country, restricting trade to and from Russia and freezing assets of major Russian banks and Russian oligarchs. It's a move designed to remove Russia from the global conversation. We will continue on a remorseless mission to squeeze Russia from the global economy piece by piece, day by day and week by week. And we will, of course, use Britain's position in every international forum to condemn the onslaught against Ukraine. And we will counter the Kremlin's blizzard of lies and disinformation by telling the truth about Putin's war of choice and his war of aggression. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson moved to restrict all Russian banks from trading in the UK and is pushing for Russia to be banned from SWIFT. It's a move that the US has not yet embraced. But what exactly is SWIFT? And why is it so important to our global financial system? So SWIFT, um, so the full name of it is the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Talent Communication. Um, my name is Andrew Jong. I'm a senior lecturer in finance from IMIT University. It is the network by which banks use to make rapid and secure cross-border payments. So, for example, if I um, I want to make I want to transact some I want to transfer some money from Australia to the US, I need to identify the zip code of the US bank so that I can make the transfer. So, it's the coding system um, by which the banks use to identify each other in this um, international trade network. SWIFT, or the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication, was founded in the 70s as a way to create a global financial messaging system. 239 banks across 15 countries were part of that initial launch. However, now it's used by more than 11,000 banks worldwide. Anytime you want to send money overseas with your bank, you'll probably need a SWIFT code to facilitate that transaction. In each year, 38 million transactions were sent each day over this, um, the SWIFT platform. So it is the mainstream platform um, that um, we use in our international trade flows. So um, pretty much everyone is using it if you want to move money across countries. So SWIFT is important to the way we move money. It's how banks communicate for international trade. So if Russia was removed from SWIFT, what impact would this have on Russia's ability to trade? Well, in this war, I think uh, we, heard, we heard a lot of talks about sanctioning Russia. Um, so um, there are calls to um, sanction Russia to just take Russia off the SWIFT. That means once that is done, you can't get money in or out of Russia. Um, so this is a way to um, sanction Russia economically and financially. Right. So so it sounds like, you know, a ban on on SWIFT could be quite, you know, a serious sort of step to take if, if that was to be imposed. Yes. Yes. It, it is a very serious step. Um, so basically, um, the Russian companies cannot get money from their, um, for example, if uh, some, um, a foreign company is owed a money, Russian company cannot get that money. SWIFT is not the only way to send money overseas. So if Russia is cut off from SWIFT, 
How else will they get access to money? Here's a twist. You can get money in a rapid manner, but actually there are alternatives. For example, Russian banks, they can still try to route their payments via another country that has not imposed sanctions on Russia, such as China. And China has also actually um, has its own payment system to rival SWIFT. So a ban on Russia using SWIFT may actually accelerate the use of China's um, system, which is an alternative to SWIFT. China's messaging platform, SIPS, or Cross-Border Interbank Payment System, stands to be a key way for Russia to trade in the wake of economic sanctions. Russia has its own system, SPFS, which is integrated with SIPS, and there are growing concerns that Russia will now move its trade through China, especially given reports in the South China Morning Post that China is now fully open to Russian wheat imports. And I particularly have been concerned at the lack of a strong response from China. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison condemned these moves by China in the strongest words. So at a time when Australia, together with the United Kingdom, together with the United States and Europe and Japan, are acting to cut off Russia... The Chinese government is following through on easing trade restrictions with Russia. And that is simply unacceptable. So taking Russia um, off SWIFT may accelerate China's Chinese development of their system. And also don't forget that Russia is a big buyer of foreign manufactured goods, especially from Europe. So if you take if um, they are sanctions, if no one can get money out of Russia, that means these European companies cannot collect their debt. So if Russia can just switch to using a different payment system, what's the goal of some of these economic sanctions? What are we really trying to achieve? That's coming up after this short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter, and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is seeking to have Russia removed from SWIFT, preventing their banks from transferring money internationally. Some of the sanctions that have been placed on Russia include freezing the assets of Russian oligarchs and restricting trade. We're all hearing a lot about these economic sanctions. But what do these sanctions actually achieve? Uh, Yeah, I think the ultimate goal is, um, well, these economic sanctions is to just try to stop this war. Um, But um, it's easy to say that you want to sanction Russia, but to operationalize it, um, there are actually so much. Um, there are actually so many factors that we need to consider. 
because um, well, we are living in a um, global society and the international markets are very, really um, interconnected. So shutting down Russia from SWIFT can have a lot of, um, can affect a lot of other European counterparts as well. This isn't the first time that sanctions have been used. I mean, they've been imposed against other countries in the past, like Iran, etc. You know, have have these kinds of economic sanctions actually worked in the past? Um, yes, it has actually. Well, um, worked, worked a bit, but as I said, um, SWIFT is a way for us for for people to make rapid transactions. But there are still other alternatives. Um, it would just be more costly and be. Uh, and, and inefficient, but there are alternatives. So if Russia can just funnel payments through China or use cryptocurrencies, what's the goal in a potential removal from SWIFT? I think it will put some short-term pressure on Russia, but given these alternatives, um, especially crypto and these um, other payment systems, I don't think it will achieve much in the long term. Also in the news today, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Elon Musk and his brother Kimball Musk are under investigation for alleged insider trading. The Securities and Exchange Commission are looking into recent stock sales by the Musk brothers. The investigation began in late 2021 after Kimball, who sits on Tesla's board, sold $108 million in Tesla shares the day before Elon posted on Twitter asking his followers if they supported him in selling 10% of his Tesla stock. The Musk brothers may be in violation of rules that forbid employees and board members from trading on information that isn't public. This is just the latest in Elon's long-running feud with the SEC. Back in 2018, Tesla and Elon agreed to pay $40 million in penalties after Elon's controversial tweets. Amazon is being accused of violating US labor law by a group of employees who are seeking to form a union. The workers in New York filed a charge with labor regulators following the arrest of two Amazon employees and a union organizer on Wednesday. The organizer Christian Smalls was arrested for trespassing when delivering food to warehouse workers at Amazon's Staten Island factory. The three individuals were also charged with obstructing governmental administration. The group of workers known as the Amazon Labor Union are claiming that Amazon violated a settlement reached in December with the National Labor Relations Board. They also accused Amazon of having employees arrested as retaliation for their involvement in the union. Workers are set to vote on March 25th in a movement that could make the New York facility Amazon's first unionized workplace in the United States. And the United Nations have allocated $20 million for humanitarian operations in Ukraine. Originating from the UN's Central Emergency Response Fund, the money will support Ukraine with healthcare, shelter, food and water sanitation for the most vulnerable people impacted by the conflict. Food supplies may also have a ripple effect beyond Ukraine's borders, given Ukraine and Russia together account for roughly 29% of the world's global wheat export market. The UN's World Food Program have expressed concerns over the impact of the conflict and said their team is on the ground and ready to provide assistance. 
The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. James Parkinson is our engineer. For more coverage, check out our website, thedefrag.com, and stay up to date on social media. Just search for The Defrag. That's all the news for this week. I'll be back again on Monday.